Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska, where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. What's good, Alaska? This is Scott Levesque, and you're listening to the Daily Dose of the Must Read Alaska podcast. I want to welcome everybody on this wonderful Thursday. It is a balmy 22-23 here in Anchorage, and uh, it is bright outside right now, and it's great to see the beautiful snow. Uh, today, I have the great and all-powerful Suzanne Downing with me, our fearless leader. Suzanne, how are you doing? Hey, it's great to be back in Anchorage. I was in Juneau for the past few days doing a, a you know, meet and greet with a lot of people. There was some wonderful events down there. Plus, then there was also the beginning of the legislative session. But I've got to tell you, one of my favorite things about Juneau is the five flights out a day. And, I, and I'm, I'm back in Anchorage today. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm glad to have you back in the, in the building. And it's great to have you here in town. Uh, I can tell you this. One of the exciting things, Suzanne, is that we hit over 200 reviews oh. on the apple podcast app we're at 205 oh. oh thank you everybody wow that's great yeah phenomenal we uh we kind of busting through the seams there in the reviews so thank you to our listeners and our readers and our supporters guys this is incredible but let's get into today's show because i'm really excited and and really kind of um i'm interested to learn more about kevin cross now kevin cross is is a uh, assembly candidate that is running a, in district two i believe and uh, that's out in Eagle River, Chugiak area. And Kevin, thanks for joining with us today. I really appreciate it, Scott. Thanks for taking time for me this morning. No problem. Hey, listen, I think the first thing's first. Can we get a little bit of a background? I know you were born and raised here in, uh, well, Anchorage, really. But kind of give us a little bit of background leading up to you running for uh, assembly here. Yeah, it's funny. I, I appreciate you asking that. <clears throat> if you asked my wife, she would tell you that I have swore a million times I'd never get into politics. Uh, never considered it was the kind of person I was, you know, I'm a, uh, you're like you said, born and raised in Alaska. Um, uh, my first job was cleaning. My dad owned a Chevron station. I cleaned, I started like 10 or 11 cleaning bath station bathrooms, which is by the way, gas station bathrooms, which is very humbling. Um, uh, of all the worst jobs you could do to build character in a child, that's where you start. And so, um, then, you know, was doing basic mechanics and stuff. I've always worked with my hands. I've worked in the trades. Uh, I actually worked construction, doing framing through high school, working on job sites. Um, you know, in Alaska, as long as you as long as you're not afraid to work, I've never not been able to find a job here from washing windows to shoveling driveways. I mean, you know, we really breed a, a, a magnificent caliber of human being when you're when you're raised here. And that, you know, when you got to get up when it's dark and shovel 18 inches of snow just to go to your job in the dark to go home in the dark, to shovel more snow. You just can't be afraid to work. So mm. yeah, I was a, I was a pipe fitter, uh, you know, working on the slope and in native villages. Um, I like to joke that uh, my idea of skincare is stitches. And if you were to say plastic <laughs> surgery, I think you were talking about fiberglass boat repair. So, you know, I, I honestly, I don't own a single necktie. And so uh, people are always like, Hey, Kev, you know, like I put a tie, like I, I got this scarf. I can use it to like do a bowline or a half hitch, tie down some cargo in the bed of my truck. But, you know, I've never found myself really uh, drawn to politics until the last several years. Um, you know, I got into real estate after uh, flip, I, 
again, I worked on the slope and I worked different areas as a pipe fitter. I started buying distressed properties and trying to fix them up. Um, I, I've always been a huge advocate for affordable housing. I've always been blown away at how expensive houses have been getting, right? You look at a 65 inch flat screen TV and the price is, you know, for $299, but houses just keep doubling the cost and expense around it. So I've always just said, Hey, listen, what can I do to try to make housing more affordable? You know, buy distressed properties, fix them up, sell them for a discount so people can get into them. I was president of the Board of Realtors in 2014 and fought down in Juneau and, at D, and down in D.C. trying to help property owners and trying to help private and protecting private property rights. And then now in the last three and three and a half years, I've served on the platting board where now I serve as chair of the platting board, still helping protect private property rights, your right to develop your reasonably develop your land and not be, a you know, just burdened with the process, which frankly, is just overwhelmingly confusing for the average individual trying to just develop their own land. It's just the amount of bureaucracy is absurd. And the more I get involved with it, I just saw more red tape, more struggle for the homeowner and the small business person. And at some point, you realize either you do something about it, or you're going to have a heart attack from all the just being frustrated with the process. Um, Right. I think Jamie Allard probably got tired of me texting and emailing her and saying, what is going on in the assembly? And this is BS. And she finally said, well, Kevin, if you want to do something about it, here's what you can do. Quit blowing up my ear. So um, that's kind of how I got into it. I mean, I, I was probably a voice of discontent showing up at assembly meetings. And they finally said, well, why don't you quit complaining and start contributing to the, the solutions? So there is the super frenzied uh, background of Kevin Cross. Wow. Okay. That, that totally makes sense. And also uh, I think what I got from that really is your blue collar. You've come up doing many different things uh, started as man, bathroom washer at a gas station. I, that is, that's not just humble. That's like salt of the earth. That well, all my, right all my blue collar shirts now have uh, are kind of brown around it from sweating and working in the dirt. So, <laughs> Right. Right. Well, you had mentioned a little bit about, uh, you know, being at the assembly meetings more recently and blowing up Jamie Allard. What are some of the things that you've seen that this assembly uh, is pushing forward, or at least the agenda that the assembly has said that they want to contribute to? And, and why why has that rubbed you the wrong way? Oh, I didn't know this was going to be an eight hour podcast. So uh, <laughs> we'll get, so, you know, so I'm a business owner. Right. Again, yeah. Uh, I worked in the trades, but then I started getting into real estate and I own uh, a couple local businesses. Um, uh, and, you know, there's some basic fundamentals of running a business. And one is that you can't just always go out and spend money willy nilly. Money needs to be held accountable before you start running up debt and taking out more credit cards. And this assembly has been so fast to first blow past the tax cap. And then go out and because they've blown through the tax cap, think that we just do bonds. And for the public to understand, bonds are just debt. It's just a loan that you're then securing and saying, we guarantee we're going to pay it or we're going to do this. But, you know, that's not how you run a business. You know, instead of looking at the individual departments and saying, are we holding these dollars accountable? Are we spending them responsibly? And let's focus on getting our house in order before we start charging up the credit cards. It blows my mind. And most of the public is working so hard at their jobs, trying to raise their families. Just, you know, they don't immerse themselves in the project. When you read the assembly, when you when you see the, um, you know, uh, 
when you see the ordinances come out or uh, an amendment come out, you know, sometimes they're 25, 30 pages. You know, when you're trying to make dinner for your kids and you're trying to get your, you got job and maybe you have to work overtime or whatever it is, you don't have time to read through all that. You're assuming that your legislators who you hired to represent you have read this and understand the ramifications for what they're doing. And I don't think they do. I think that they assume that somebody else did their homework for them. And when it shows up on the floor, they just vote for it along party lines and just go, well, it sounds good. I really don't think a lot of them, they hand it off to an attorney to write and say, this is what I want it to be. And then it lands in their desk. So part of the issue is that I feel like we have a, we have a, an assembly and then that spreads off further, right? It starts with our local government and spreads all the way to the federal. And then it just keeps going that, that have been too, they're too immersed in the process. They're too deep in it. They, they've lost touch with reality. They haven't run a business gotcha. in a long time. They haven't like, you know, they haven't had to you know, crawl in their crawl space and fix plumbing leaks or whatever it is and just understand right, yeah. and make things work. Um, yeah. So, yeah, particularly the uh, the tax cap and the blowing of bonds, um, you know, and more recently, um, you know, this I, I really don't like this uh, 2021 uh, 11 seven that was just passed last night. at The assembly, you know, I at the platting board as chair of the platting board, we have disgruntled people come before us all the time. I don't know if you're aware of this, but if 18 to 25 houses are going to be built behind you, you may not be happy about that. And so I would 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and understandably so. You're concerned about your neighborhood. You're concerned about drainage issues. And people come before us very passionate all the time. We listen right. to them. We even if they get off topic, that's OK. But we always try to respect the individual when they're when they're when they're grieving their their frustrations with who we are, um, you know, their representative in their government. And our current assembly does not seem to feel that same way. It's almost they've they've created and put barriers in there. And part of the animus and part of the frustration and some of the um, in what can be some of the unreasonable behavior you see from the constituents and the people in the audience are a direct result of not feeling listened to. Right. Right. And not feeling represented and creating and putting more rules in place, not not bringing down barriers, but saying, well, now the chair has the right to kick everybody out if they feel like it's unreasonable or have security escort people out or shut you down. If you get off topic, you are not adding to the communication uh, that that desperately needs to take place. So I 100 percent agree with you, Kevin, 100 percent agree with you. And I think. What we hear from our listeners a lot and our readers is the fact of what you just said there. When it's time for public testimony, everybody, most people, not everybody, most people in a diocese are on their phones, they're on their computers, they're not even paying attention, they're not looking. And we've seen this in the recent past where public testimony has now turned to, hey, pay attention, look at me, I'm talking to you. And there's people calling it out. And you know what happens? Have you seen this, Kevin? For example, my my favorite, Mr. Christopher Constant, who gets called out, then goes to the chair and says, they're being disrespectful. They're calling me out. That's against the rules. And, and so now, like you said, there's this there's this natural division that's happening. They're, the obstacles you're talking about, let's tear them down. They're just adding and adding and adding. And there just seems to be no end to what they're willing to do to keep creating a larger moat between them and the public. And so one of the questions I have for you is, 
uh, when you announce maybe just to friends or your close, you know, community there, or maybe even the broader community now that you're kicking off and we'll talk about the event you're having tonight and your website, what are you hearing from people specifically now that you've sort of declared, um, you know, when I said, I'd never go into politics. Well, it's gotten bad enough where I, I need to get into politics. What have you heard from those people? Scott, well, I, was, I, want, I want you to know that was my question. So uh, that, so <laughs> thank you very much for filling me in. That's good. <laughs> no problem. You know, I appreciate that. So for the long time, you know, the thing about uh, conservatives are, and I consider myself a conservative first, um, Republican second, because the party may change, but my core values never will. Right. So um, the thing about what I've grown and people uh, that I associate with is we normally we're hardworking. We run our businesses. We do it. And we assume that, you know, everybody else is just going to work hard, do right by their neighbor, raise their kids. And you're just going to be left alone. We really just want to live in peace. We understand that with freedom comes responsibility and we're going to be responsible first to our families and our neighbors. And we don't typically poke our fingers in other people's business. That's just, you know, that's part of what it means to have limited government. Um, and what's funny is you think at some point, if you watched enough of the media that you, am I the crazy person? Like what's going on in the world? Am I the guy right. that's wearing a muskrat hat and cleaning a black powder rifle on the corner of my yard while whittling, you know, whittling a cane? Like, am I like how far off the deep end am I when I look at the news? And then you start talking to people and going, have you seen this? And I will tell you the outpouring of support is huge. Yeah. I, it's so refreshing for all you individuals who feel like maybe you're the crazy one. You're not. I will tell you that we are the actual silent majority. We're just too busy raising our families and doing what we need to do to be busybodies. The problem is, it's that, you know, our greatest strength is also our greatest weakness. And you hear that is that, yes, we are strong, independent individuals who focus first on our families and don't tell other people what to do. But that also means that sometimes we have low voter turnout because we're busy with our families. We're busy taking, yeah. you know, you know, uh, we we also have a tendency not to speak up because we were taught to respect our elders and only spoke when spoken to and not, you know, try to keep. And unfortunately, that that is if everybody behaved that way, it would work out really well. But when um, individuals who have a tendency of um, not knowing the difference between a problem and an inconvenience and over-dramatizing yeah. things and then uh, creating problems um, with, you know, and that's what I see. As I see a lot of government involves themselves in things that there is not their responsibility. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's what, and so you guys, you know, I, I'm here to tell you for the other people who listen, they're out there working. You're not alone. You're not crazy. You would not believe how many people have your support. And the other side of that, that's really shocking Scott, and I want to point this out, is I can't tell you how many people I've had who have come out and said, Kevin, I got your back. I support you 100%, but don't tell anybody I'm a conservative because I would get chewed up at work, right? Mm -hmm. I would like, like mm -hmm. hey, listen, if my boss, and most of it, by the way, is people who work in state jobs or have state things or involved with it in government somehow, like, don't yep. let anybody do it. That is a shame. That is a shame that we've allowed people to become so polarized that we can't sit and, you know, I may be, have very strong values and I may be very conservative, but at the same time, it's critical that we listen to each other because shutting people down, not listening to them and making them feel like they're not important or their problems are not legitimate is not how you resolve the issue. You will exasperate. Yeah. 
And a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. You can shut them down, you can be them, make them quiet, and you can force them to conform. But the fact of the matter is they will become that much more adamant about their position. And now they have resentment. And yeah. I think, and, and, you know, so I've been in real estate uh, actually for like almost 30 years. I've only been, I've only had a real estate license for like the last 15 or 16 years. I don't remember what exactly it was, but, and I will tell you during that time, you learn how to negotiate even with people you don't agree with. Right. You can have very strong opinions or even be backed by facts, but the other individuals, you know, you find that most people make an emotional decision and then try to justify it with other, with other facts are at their fingertips. And so the way that you diffuse an emotional argument and you get people to work with you, and that's what we need to do. We've been too busy. We've spent too much time placating to the other side and saying, oh, we'll give up a little ground because we're the nice guy. We're the little bit of ground. We're the nice guy. That needs to stop. And the way you stop is one, find common ground. And then, you know, what about that is important to you? I do not think that people that are on the far left are beyond reproach and they can't be negotiated with. I think what needs to happen is they need to realize and there needs to take place in dialogue because, you know, we all have opinions and opinions can be changed if enough time is spent and we stick straight to our values. So I don't think that they can't like I don't think it's a lost cause. I don't think that it's just one way. I think what it takes is approaching the problem from a different situation saying we need to be that much more vigorous and that much better of negotiators in our stance and being able to verbalize and communicate what it is we believe if we're going to bring them back to us. So I have a question for you. Um, seems to me that the, the Anchorage Assembly has turned its work into a, not just a full-time job, but they're working 50, 60, 70 hours a week at this assembly work. And in doing so that they're they hiring more people to help them so they're hiring aides and um, they're hiring uh, staff to support their work because they have created so much work for themselves. And it's almost like they are trying to create a parallel executive branch and just, you know, you've got, you've got, you're gonna have 12 of them and with 12 of them, of them working 50 to 60 hours a week at that work, which you really should be just some, some things like passing budgets and um, you know, pass, passing a, a few ordinances and resolutions and thanking people for their service and giving them a nice certificate. But now we see them just working all the time. How much time should this assembly be spending at this work? Well, Susan, I'm so glad you bring that up because you are exactly right. That is because we have a legislative branch that is trying to defunct and push the executive branch, uh, you know, uh, out of the picture. That's what that supermajority is doing. Everything that we elected Dave Bronson to do, they are against regardless. Um, you know, what they did to B. Hansen, uh, it was ridiculous. Like if you looked at the credentials of that woman, you would be wildly impressed. But it was a political maneuver that they put to shut her down, right? So that's just frustrating. That's sad. And you're right. Listen, your job is to uh, the assembly is to be the legislative, but they're having to hire all these people and do these things because they won't let the mayor run the executive branch. So yeah, they're doing two jobs. They got committees and subcommittees. And here's the thing. They're busybodies. Like you do not need to be in everything. So I'm going to, let me tell you something to tell you the un, 
you know, the, the unintended consequences of what government does. Maybe you're not aware of this, but I'm going to tell you what's happened in the last two years in housing that has driven housing costs through the roof. Okay. And so as a real estate professional, as an investor, as a landlord, here's what we saw happen. When COVID first hit back in uh, March of 2020, everybody remembers the first thing they went is they gave everybody checks, just wrote checks willy-nilly. Well, I'm here to tell you that the largest effect that those checks had was every dumpster I had in my apartment buildings got filled with flat screen TV boxes, Xboxes, and big, big, ridiculous purchase items. Not on written, not on housing, okay? So rather than just write checks, maybe that money could have been better directed towards assisting individuals with those things like utility bills and those things that help with actual living expenses. But they did. They just throw money at the problem. Well, when you drive that money towards it, one is that you just created a consumption problem, right? So that adds to inflation because now you have a bunch of people with money and they're not saving it for their next house. They're not buying, they're not investing in their stocks. They're not putting it towards retirement. A lot of people just went out and consumed, okay? That's the, that's, and that's a, just a natural human behavior. The other thing they did is they just started, they lowered the qualifications to get rental assistance, which means they started just paying people for rent, even people who didn't have a job issue. I know for a fact I had individuals, all I had to do was claim, I had tenants who all they had to do was claim. And I know other, I know other real estate apartment building owners and other landlords who had tenants. They said, these guys are working and they're getting their rent paid for. Well, when you start injecting artificial rent payments into that, that system, what does that do to rent? Well, I will tell you the average two-bedroom, one-bath unit in Anchorage was probably about 900, 950 in early 2020. By the end of the year, it was 1100 bucks. You had shot it up 10 to 15% in less than a year, rents went up. Why? Because when the state or an agency is writing the checks, one, then you can ask for more because it's no longer market-driven. The second thing is the cost of everything went up because of inflation. The cost of getting plumbers, getting everybody, right? So that all went up. So when you raise the cost of housing up to twelve or 1500 bucks or whatever it is for a, a decent unit, now individuals that are in the work pool who were making $15, $17 an hour, that's not enough money, okay? Now they're struggling with their paychecks to pay rent, okay? Those individuals who aren't on housing. So now what do they have an option? One is they can sit at home and not work and make more money than they are at their job because we created a system that drove all the cost up. So then we're wondering why we can't fill jobs. Well, the reason you can't fill positions is because you threw so much money into the system willy-nilly without holding it accountable and without directing those funds directly where they needed to be, which is at the actual hardship, utility expenses, things like that. You just cut checks. You lowered the qualifications for people who need assistance. You drove the cost of everything up. And now people can't afford, a, they can't live off a 15 to $20 an hour inter, you know, beginning pay job. And then they wonder why everything goes to squat. And they all stand around each other going, well, we wrote all these checks. Why, why isn't it working? Because you don't have a plan and you don't run government like a business. Anybody who mm -hmm. runs a business understands that when you, you got to have, you got to understand the unintended consequences of you writing checks willy nilly. I mean, if you have a contractor working for you, and he sends you invoices, you say, hey, what, what is, how much is labor? How much is parts? How many hours did you work on a job? Are we any closer to having a roof on this? But this assembly doesn't even care if the roof is leaking. They just spend money on more paint, painting the stains out of the ceiling. They didn't right. solve the problem. They covered up. 
And so uh, forgive me if I get really passionate, but, you know, as a business owner, sometimes you just, you know, if you guys ever see me in my pictures, I have no hair. And that's probably from beating my head on the wall, just wondering, like, does anybody, do they not understand basic business fundamentals? So, no, I, I think you're 100% right. 100% right. And, and not only that, it's, uh, it's pretty evident that uh, the assembly itself, they find no issue with it. It's almost like if you come against the, the spending, particularly if we remember back in 2020 with the AO 2026, I believe, which was the purchasing of those that real estate with the CARES Act funds, which needed to go to the people, the small businesses, instead looking to be landlords and looking to provide uh, this this sort of industrial complex for the uh, the vagrants here in, in Anchorage, which I don't know if you were there for that. There was plenty in the community from all areas that were not in favor of that at all. And yet what they did is they do what they always do, which they did when they passed this uh, mask mandate as an emergency. They find a way to skirt the public to get what they want done as opposed to what they were elected to do, which is represent their constituents. And so I guess, Kevin, one of the questions. Oh, no, I was ahead, say the mask to mandate was a glorious uh, distraction to get people passionate about something that they, one, shouldn't be involved in because it's your personal right to whatever, you know, that's again, their job was to protect the constitution. Let's throw that out the window. Right. But the second thing is let's create an issue around something that is kind of ridiculous. So you don't see our outrageous failures in all these other areas. Let's not, let's not focus on this, the quality of students that's coming out of our schools and how we're failing them horribly. Let's worry about what they have on their faces. Okay. I will tell Correct. you that whether the kids were masked or not, they would still be a dismal failure for the uh, regarding the children that are coming out and the education that they're being provided. It is a distraction. and mm -hmm. But it's a magnificent distraction because here we are talking about it instead of why reading scores and math scores are so ridiculously low. Hey, so, um, can we, can we, so, so Scott, can we get some information up on about uh, where people can find out more about Kevin Gross. This, this has been fascinating. And, and Kevin, you are on fire. Um, you know, this is a really strong candidate. I can see that. I mean, anybody listening to this podcast can tell that you are a very strong candidate for Eagle River. And we need to get the word out about how people can, can find you and, and maybe go to your fundraiser tonight. Uh, if they're listening to this, they can still probably pop over to Jalapenos and, and meet you in person. So Scott, what's that, what's that looking like? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, Kevin, you got a fundraiser tonight starting at 530 at Jalapenos in Eagle River, and uh, you'll be there. I think it's your kickoff fundraising events, right? Uh, that is correct. And I really appreciate people showing up. Don't judge me because I will not be wearing a tie. Again, I still do not own any. <laughs> uh, starts at 530. I'm happy to take your questions and engage. And I appreciate you recognizing my passion. Um, it's been building up inside of me for a long time. And uh, uh, but yes, and then um, my website is cross4ak.com, and that's C-R-O-S-S-F-O-R-A-K.com. Go on there. Um, I'm going to start posting weekly videos on things that I've seen, things that I think need to be addressed, um, and having links to those. So we're putting those together now um, just so that, you know, I, I, what I find is interesting is how little we actually know about our campaigns that comes before election day. You know, I'm not a politician. I'm just a an angry business owner who's been forced into the role and um, whatever I can do to make sure that people are educated in the decisions that they make 
because I think a lot of what we've had in government is that they they exist because of whether you call it willful or intentional ignorance of the populace who do not know who they're voting for until they get in the office and then realize what the heck just happened. I was totally sold a different bill of goods. I don't intend on being that candidate. Um, you know, I, I'm, you know, if this doesn't work out, I'm perfectly happy going back to my job, working construction and being a, a voracious voice of discontent in these assembly <laughs> meetings. Right. I will continue <laughs> to work hard to represent private property rights and small business owners to live our lives and raise our families as we see fit. Without Very good. Well, you know, Eagle River, you've got a you've got a choice here. This is uh, somebody who's going to fight for you, and it looks to me like you are aligned with uh, both Jamie Allard, who represents Eagle River, and Mayor Bronson. If, if if I'm not mistaken from this interview, I think you're pretty well aligned. Well, J Jamie Allard should not be a lone crusader in a desolate world trying to fight back the forces of oppression. She needs a uh, I don't know if we get matching unitards or what that is, but I mean we're going to end up having to form a uh, you know a coalition of conservatives um, so that we can uh, just know that we're out here to protect your rights. And we do this as parents that have kids and have families we're trying to raise. And everything I do is to fight for them because I look at their beautiful little faces and I'm like, you guys deserve a better world. And I was put here. I'm, I'm gifted by God to be in this position to serve our community on earth, to fight for our kids, to make sure they don't wake up one day wondering why they're in a cage. Well, I appreciate that, Kevin. And we appreciate your time today. It's been awesome talking with you. I think our, our listeners are going to enjoy this and, and get to know you a little bit better. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for joining with us today. We really appreciate it. I appreciate yeah, Scott, you. I think, amazing. And Scott, I think maybe if we post this a little bit early, it wouldn't hurt my feelings a bit. I mean, I think people need to yeah. hear this podcast. Thanks so much. Absolutely. And again, if you want to, if you want to, you know, go to the event tonight, it's at Jalapeno starting at 530 in Eagle River. You get to meet Kevin and uh, kind of pick his brain. And also, if you want to learn a little bit more and you can't do the event, you can also donate or learn about Kevin at his website, cross, C-R-O-S-S-F-O-R-E-A-K.com. Well, Kevin, thanks again. I totally appreciate it. Suzanne, thanks for joining with me today. I really appreciate you being here. And um, yeah, listen, to get on Monday. Have, absolutely. If you have a chance and you want to support what we do and continue helping us give you a better, well-rounded view and conservative view of the news, you can go to mustreadalaska.com and click the donation button up at the top right-hand corner. Also, you can like us on Facebook. You can uh, find us on YouTube at Must Read Alaska, all one word, and subscribe, hit the notification bell. And, of course, I'm going to go through the list. MeWe, Parler, Twitter, Rumble, we're all on there under mustreadalaska.com. Well, everybody, thanks so much for joining with me. If you have a chance tonight, go ahead and go out to Eagle River at 530 at Jalapenos to meet Kevin. It'll be a great time. But until tomorrow, take care, Alaska.